host, James West, co-founder of Only. The Only podcast is a showcase for the extraordinary people of Only. We delve into their business journey, look at their approach to networking and really see how they get a good balance between work and life. So I'm joined, very happy to announce Lee Hill, insightful UX. Hello, Lee. Hi there. How are you? We have to address the elephant in the room. (laughs) We are dressed incongruously. Incongruous dress. Lee has been to the beach, maybe. No, he's just laid Slept back and beach. cool. Slept, Slept on the beach. There we go. I'm very overdressed. He's very underdressed. That we'll leave it at that. But uh, we're going to have good content anyway. So um, I'm just going to give the official sort of proper introduction where I have to read off of this. Okay. And then I'll talk to you like an actual person. Cool. So correct me if I get any of this wrong. Okay. So um, Lee Hill is the founder of Insightful UX. He's got an extensive career in marketing, running teams for the likes of the GSUK, Gallagher and We Click. Lee launched Insightful UX in 2016. Their aim is to help businesses improve their website conversion rates by focusing on user experience and the myriad factors which define why customers choose to buy. Insightful UX, we've just had to adjust this bit because it's doubled. We'll come on to that. Insightful UX UX now has a team of 14 core staff and prides itself on promising to double the conversion rates of its clients. I'm going to throw this away because it's (laughs) causing me problems. Was any of that correctly? It was all correct. Fantastic. So, yes, I had originally written eight core staff. We're up to 14 now. Mm. And you said that since lockdown, isn't it? Um, since COVID, yeah. When uh, COVID happened, what, March 23rd, we were six people with a couple of freelancers around the edges. Um, we took on, I think, number 14 at the end of last week. And we probably got another six to eight freelancers helping us as well. Amazing. So, yeah. You do inhabit a very important area. <laughs> we are talking about this on Only Talks this month, so we're not going to go into it too much. But we need to talk about this notion of UX, user experience, which you said to me earlier, most people don't really know what that is. So what do you actually do? So um, let me take you through what user experience is and try and simplify it. So um, user experience itself is about um, serving a website to a user and trying to make that experience easy and enjoyable. Um, as we all know, when we use websites, we want them to we want to use them quite quickly. We want to delve into them, understand if they can help us, and if they're not, we go somewhere else very quickly. So, if you put barriers um, in the way of a user in terms of things that are confusing, confusing, frustrates them, it'll just cause them to drop off and leave. So, user experience is about understanding the mechanics of how you can make the website easy to use and enjoyable. Um, behind that, there's two core pillars, um, which is about usability, which is ease of use, making it easy to use, and usefulness, i.e. explaining the problem that you can solve for the user and illustrating that you can do it better than the other people in the marketplace. So that's the kind of pillars of UX. That's what we focus on. It is so crucial. We'll come on to the origins of the business, but mm. we talk about that um, members will know in only talks we talk about yeah. conversion all the time you know yeah. why are you doing why are you spending all this money on social media and worrying about seo well, yeah. when you get down to conversion yeah that's generally the point where people say don't know yeah why why do you think that is because it's too hard maybe <laughs> uh do you know what i i've still not got to the why myself because um 
I've had it beaten into me since day one of working uh, in financial services and other sectors that um, there's always got to be value behind your marketing activity. Mm. Um, if you don't understand the ROI behind a specific channel or the value of your website or anything in business, actually, you know, why are we doing it? You know, if it's not dr driving ultimate value. And, um, and that's why we, we specialize really on just the uh, conversion bit of, of websites of just turning more visitors into customers. Um, you know, you mentioned it before the podcast, the leaky bucket syndrome. Yeah. And that's what we have. You know, we, we have a, a place where typically only 1% to 3% of the users will convert on a website, i.e. make an inquiry or, inquiry or buy a product. So there's huge opportunity there. Um, and I think um, I think marketeers and probably agencies are the fault of a lot of this in the way that we've uh, educated our own clients. You know, we've, we've encouraged them to focus on, you know, building a website, probably leaving it for a couple of years and then rebuilding uh, and then focusing on driving loads of traffic, SEO, et cetera, um, where I think there needs to be a, a better balance of in the same way that you would... Um, I continually try to improve things like SEO and PPC that you would actually try to continually improve your website as well. Yeah. And, and that's what we try to do is educate people on the merits and the value of doing that. Makes perfect sense, doesn't yeah. it? Because, mate, you're right. Most web builds come down, well, I've got the structure. Oh, we better chuck some words in yeah. there. And, I mean, you said yeah. earlier, didn't you, yeah. that the, the content, the copy yeah. is probably the most important bit. Yeah, it's, it's really odd, but... Um, the way that we've been building websites, and I say we, everybody has been building websites um, over the last 20 years is completely wrong. <laughs> uh, we focused uh, on design and look and feel, um, and content is actually the most important thing. And I think probably, you know, again, I've been guilty of this in the past, of, uh, you know, going out building websites and content being the, the thing that, that gets picked up last and kind of everyone's scrambling around internally trying to piece it together and, and, and put it on the website. Um, and actually, it's the most important thing, you know, the way, again, the way that we talk to our user when they land on that website. And, and by the way, you have 10 seconds to engage with somebody uh, when they land on your website. And we've audited over 200 websites over the last five years. We still see that 60% of users leave a website in 10 seconds. Wow. So if you think about I, I had a, a disagreement on the terming of this on LinkedIn once, but if you imagine sixty percent of your marketing budget has gone up, gone up in smoke, you know straight away in that ten seconds because you've not um, you've not presented your message and your proposition in the right way or illustrated to them that your website's going to be easy to use. Mm. It's quite a quite a strong pill. What to was the terminology argument? I'm intrigued. Oh, so the the argument was uh, I was quite I was being quite flippant to, to create some attention on LinkedIn saying, you know, on average we see that sixty percent of marketing budgets are wasted. Yes, of course they're not. But um, you know, I was referring back to the the fact that we see that sixty percent of users leave within ten seconds. So yeah, it's a bit clickbaity on my fault. So guilty as charged. It does, but it's true though, <laughs> isn't it? Because I mean, you know, you can tick a box and say, "Well, I've got traffic. Yeah. The marketing's done its job." But has it? Mm. I mean, it's started the process, but that's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah, it's of the course. beginning, not the end. And um, it, this is something that. Um, that I've carried through as well. This is this is stuff that I've lived and breathed when when I've headed up marketing teams and e-commerce teams. And I remember at one brand, 
where kind of I first got my first step up to take over kind of leading on digital, the first thing I remember doing was, um, and I can't design by the way, <laughs> you know, absolutely see some of my early presentations were insightful. <laughs> they, they just make me cry now when I look at them compared to what the team can produce. But um, I remember taking a sheet of paper and mapping out a, a new landing page for the brand that I was working for and uh, scanning it through to our digital agency and said, can you can we test this and get this up and running? Because I knew that if I could get our conversion up a little bit, I could re reduce our cost per sale, and that would give me more budget to go out and bring more traffic into the website. And that's a point I, I don't think people necessarily get the 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 balance of the ecosystem. If you need a balancing budget between improving conversion and driving traffic, mm. they should be working harmoniously uh, together. Um, in the same that there should be an appreciation that a landing page for SEO versus PPC is going to be very different. Mm. With SEO, people are generally in a kind of a research and exploring mode, looking to be educated and understand. With PPC, the more buying intent so generally seo pages will have more content ppc landing pages can be really stripped down and some of the best converting ones are really stripped down they don't have much on them they have a kind of a um, a summary of information that the the user probably understands uh click action buttons call to actions buy now kind of thing and, and then it's done so that's the kind of a little bit about the science there yeah definitely i think it's really important at this point um for people listening yeah. or if you're watching that um, if this if this is making you feel a little bit uncomfortable for running your business and do, how do I track this? Um, it's really common. I certainly know from the only members that we talk quite a lot about this point of conversion. Why are you doing things if you can't measure an outcome? Um, you can't avoid it, Lee, can you? You're going to have to put some effort into this. Yeah, but I would. I, but I would also say the rewards are, are just. They just give you so much focus yeah. and more confidence. Mm -hmm. um, that's why when we when we and, and again I'm not trying to sell insightful, but when and I would advocate this to anyone that when we start with a client and we start with a web audit to really understand what is happening, you know, with the data, what's happening with certain channels, what's happening with the conversion, so we can uh, first illustrate the value of investing a bit more in the website. You know, there's got to be value there, yeah. but the metrics are there, and um, and the biggest thing that we try to aim with clients uh, with that audit is just to give everybody confidence on the way forward. Mm -hmm. So you know, and I think we mentioned it before that you know you can do this stuff yourself in terms of you know understanding your own analytics, looking at competitors, you know, putting your website in front of a a, a, free, a few clients or prospects, and um, not necessarily asking them what they think because most people are polite, but ask them to take undertake undertake some tasks and watch them. And if they're struggling, you know you've got issues. That's a great point, isn't yeah. it? That's a very easy one. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about you and the business. So why did it come about? What was your background up to that point? <coughs> yeah, so I've been very fortunate to... So I went to Bournemouth Uni, uh, studied marketing, advertising. Really fortunate to to be able to stay in the Bournemouth and Paul area. Um, and I've either worked for digital agencies, um, for brands such as you know the Daily Mail, Vodafone, the likes of. Um, and then on the other side, uh, heading up teams typically for financial services brands. Um, I just got to a point where I'd, um, I purposefully moved around every two to three years to, to broaden my experience and knowledge of different sectors, sizes, cultures, that kind of thing. 
Um, probably still not at that point with the intent to uh, set up on my own. I think I, you know, kind of really wanted to gravitate to, you know, a head of or a marketing director, probably with a, a you know, reasonably sized corporate. Um, but as we all know, um, you know, even corporates these days, there's no such thing as a job for life. Mm. Management teams are, ch are changing uh, frequently. There's buyouts, there's mergers. I think for the last four roles, I'd seen buyouts and mergers constantly. Um, and I just I just become a bit um, deflated just with a change of direction constantly. Um, and I also felt that um, we'd, as, as a kind of marketing profession, we'd lost the hub about what it was really about, about really understanding the customer. Uh, it was too, being t driven too much by just data. Mm. And for me, you need to understand the, the what, which is the data, but also the why of the customer, how they're thinking, feeling, behaving. If you understand that, you can service them better. Yeah. Otherwise, for me, it's just sales. It's not marketing. Such a good point. Um, so I started to look around, you know, Bournemouth and Poole uh, has got some amazing agencies and I didn't want to go out and just replicate that. Um, so hence the name Insightful and really focusing on the, the insights part mm. of helping brands understand their audiences and the competitors to a deeper level within the digital landscape to help them build better websites and uh, and, and uh, develop marketing campaigns. Um, and another bonus through COVID is that because of our expertise in this area, digital agencies are now coming to us to help them with those areas, which is really cool. That is brilliant. Yeah. I was going to make that point, actually, because you say about yeah. um, having that niche, for yeah, want yeah. of a better word, but was that always fully formed? Because no, in some respects, it would have been easier for you to sell the notion that, Lee, with your background yeah. and a team, I'm going to do marketing. Because yeah. people kind of get that, don't yeah, they? Yeah. But yeah. So did, was that deliberate? Um, yes, but like, like any business, um, you can, you can start to steer in different directions and, you know, I, I, I say this a lot to people that you can be good at your discipline, i.e. marketing. Well, I think I'm good, but <laughs> I know the team are a lot better around me now by, by miles, by mile stretch. But, um, but running a business is, is completely different discipline. You know, you know, I, you know, I it's, I'd say excuse my friends, but I can, I can keep, I can rein it in. But you know, we're always messing up. You know, I, and I think the the thing that probably in year f we're in year five now is is to let things go when we do. You know, to but learn from them. Mm. Okay, right. We know what we did wrong there. Let's not do it again. But let's also not beat ourselves down. Let's just move on quickly so we can get on with the next thing. Um, we've we've gone in all sorts of directions. To be honest with you, you know, we we did did the usual thing of um, starting to you know ma manage certain channels and and all that kind of stuff. And um, why was that? Because people were asking. Yeah. Do you know what? It, so initially we wanted to really focus on the insights and what was happening was clients were coming back to us. We provided them the insights. We briefed in their agencies or freelancers. Um, but what they weren't doing is um, executing things well enough. Yeah. So research sometimes gets a bad name because of its outcomes. But for me, it's how research is developed into a solution. You can develop a million solutions from research, but it's how you interpret it. Um, and we have the skills in-house to interpret it well. Um, so we end, clients will come into us and say, look, can you just do this for us? 
So, you know, young business, small, you know, we did. You know, we started yeah. building websites, started managing campaigns, et cetera, and we still do now. Um, but what you'll see from us going forward is, is just a, a complete shift to to everything around websites. We'll, we'll, we'll drop off the kind of campaign elements as we go forward right. and really just focus on the insights and everything it can do for the website and the, and the user journey. But that was that was that was again. There was not. It was wasn't something we wanted to do at that point. Mm. It was we were just we could just see that a lot of the the people that our clients were working with that were support, supporting them or supposed to be getting the best for them just weren't just weren't good enough. Quite frankly, that's amazing, isn't it? But you see this all the time, don't you? That um, there's just a lot of stuff being done yeah, yeah. to tick boxes. Yeah. Does it frustrate you? Yeah, hugely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, I think I think we share the same kind of values and kind of ROI and 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 value. And I think that keeps everybody focused. And we, you know, we do the same with our own marketing. You know, we'll go to different networking events, and and I will track how effective they are for us in terms of, you know, are they preventing us providing us inquiries? Are they even providing us decent suppliers? You know, Only's been fantastic for that. By the way, you know, we've got business out of Only straight away. Uh, we've got new. Partners, we've only we've got new suppliers. You know that you know it's the value there. Mm. Um, there's other networking groups that you know I've I've been to, giving it six months and you know providing no value, um, and it's the same for that. But I think um, I think people shy away from metrics. But if you run a business, you've got to be focused on the numbers. You know, yeah. I'm having a massive education myself at the minute on all the financial side of, you know, balance sheets and profit loss. And, you know, I won't, you know, pretend to, to really understand it all. And, and, you know, I guess it's about bringing in those experts to help educate you. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. And that's hopefully what we do for others and others like us do that for that for their clients. It does change massively, doesn't it? You were clearly very good at what you did. But yeah. like you say, running a business, well, who's going to look different. after that yeah, bit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How do you kind of work that out in your mind as to what? Because there's a challenge, isn't there, between yeah. what I'd like to do and what I should do for the business. Mm. Do you have that dilemma? So, uh, I think there's there was a bit of luck in this, um, but I, what I did before I set up, um, I went and spoke to loads of MDs of businesses, uh, just took them for a coffee. As MDs, we're all full of ego, aren't we? We love to talk. <laughs> so I went and did that and uh, just picked people's brains of, you know, okay, what would you not do again? You know, if you could start again, what would you not do? What were the pitfalls? What are the things that, you know, need to be aware of? And, you know, there, there was some fantastic people that provided literally the framework of how I was going to go about uh, setting up Insightful. Um uh, you know the two things are you know we're always told about you know do things um you know get people around you that can do things better than you do yeah you know that's a given uh, but the other one that i don't think people mention as much is um do the bits you like you've got to be motivated to do the bits you like you know i love doing stuff like this yeah. you know i love going out and meeting people um and talking to them and helping solve the problems i I can do it really well, but I, I less, you know, enjoy actually digging around analytics and getting into the data, you know. Um, and the other thing I knew as well is that I wasn't in it for the money as such. I was in it for being in a business that had purpose and that I enjoyed. Nice. But I also didn't want to do it alone. 
Um, and I was very clear that I was going to bring in one or two directors from the beginning. Um, and, and again, just being very fortunate in, in the, the two directors that uh, that were on board. Um, and, and again, just to, to illustrate the money side, we're completely um, kind of earnings uh, and shares are completely split between the three of us. You know, I don't have, um, you know, an overriding share option. I have uh, a veto on mm. certain things, but that's it. And that's the, the way that I wanted the, the business and the culture to, to be. Uh, and the guys do a great job on in managing ops and, and even advising on the strategy on how we're going to develop going forwards, where I'm kind of, uh, you know, new business and, and looking after the rest of the support functions yeah. to make sure that they can do what they need to do. So I'm less kind of, as I say, in the business. Yes. I can run the business. Um, and I think that's allowed us to, you know, to, to really start growing now as well. That's very cool. But the but the first four years was really about um, finding about what we wanted to do, okay. and what we were good at, and then how to go about it, the methodology, the how. Yeah. Um, that's taken four years. So what is that? You talk about the purpose. Yeah. What do you see there? Um, well, as I say, the the purpose for us is is really f uh, focusing and educating uh, brands about rebalancing their marketing budgets and that. If they're really serious about growth, the the easiest way to do it is to balance those budgets and that focus between driving quality traffic, which we know there's a myriad of of, word, of, a, hey. of a great agencies out there to to do that, whilst we just focus on the conversion bit for them. Yeah, you know, we're just going to be, we are good at it. You know, we I, I mentioned before, we know that we've got kind of five steps we can take a brand through, which includes research, content development, etc. If we take them through that, we can more than double their conversion, um, because we've just done it lots, you know, and and we've got all the case studies, so we're just going to really focus on that. And 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 like anything we're running a business, the more you do it, the the more you can uh, tie down the process, the training you need for your staff, you can bring them in and mold them to be a certain way, uh, and all that kind of thing. And and the experience curve uh, shoots up, and you can uh, you increase uh, your profits there as well. It's it's a really bold statement, isn't it, to say we can double conversion for our clients. I know you do an audit. To, it's yeah, got yeah. to be a certain level yeah. of um, baseline. But yeah. it obviously speaks volumes about you and the team and what you're capable of. But does it also speak to the fact that, and this, this is for all business owners listening to this, yeah. pretty much every business is losing latent potential because they're not optimising. Yeah, I think also, um, you know, we, we kicked off with talking about user experience. No one really knows what it is. <laughs> you know, we, you know, even I stopped talking about it when I was going out and seeing prospects. Um, so, uh, you know, this is the realms of our marketing now, but we really wanted to just um, almost dumb down the proposition of we can double your sales and it doesn't involve SEO or PPC. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not going to get you to the top of Google, etc. We're just going to focus on the website and taking uh, turning more visitors into uh, customers. We know that the average conversion rate from a visitor to a customer, be that inquiry or sale, is still only 1% to 3%. So if we can take it to just from 1% to 2%, we can double your we can do it double your sales yeah or your inquiries and you know and, the, and again just just to broaden it there are lots of other great agencies that can do this for you mm. you know and this is what agencies should be focusing uh, for their clients on is, is is getting them to balance their budgets you know these full service agencies of yes we can drive great traffic but at the same time we're going to help you increase your 
good conversion to get you more value out of the the retaining that you've got with us. Good point, isn't it? So for people listening, ask those questions. Don't just talk about the the front end bit. Yeah, yeah. It's that as well. So you mentioned networking earlier. Yeah. yeah. You guys are members of Only Networking. Thanks for saying nice things. Um, (laughs) What's your networking experience? um, I remember starting off BNI. Yeah. Yeah. Can say BNI, it's not Voldemort. (laughs) <laughs> it is a, a legitimate term. Do you know, um, I must admit, B&I was fantastic for us yeah. back in the day. Um, the, the the trade-off and, and the other thing that I do watch as I measure everything is it's not just what you allocate in terms of uh, spend, but time. Mm. And B&I is just very time-consuming, you know. And when I worked out the investment of my time in terms of pounds per hour that I had to invest into B&I and the return and the uh, the cost uh, the ROI wasn't there after a while wow. uh, but initially it was absolutely fantastic for us and, and pivotal for us for the for the first couple of years yeah. so I think you know again for um, people going out networking starting up in business I would advocate you know give some of these network networking groups six months yeah like I would say with any channel give a channel six months to see if it can do the job for you mm. but do it properly you know mm. give it the right attention don't try and manage 10 channels focus on one or two um try and do them well see if you can get them working um i often describe it as almost with a member of staff when they join you you know after three months they're either great and you keep them on you know there's a no-brainer two the so so there's potential there, but you're not quite sure. So you extend the probation period for another three months mm. or three, they're just rubbish. <laughs> and, and you say goodbye. Yeah. That's how I think you should approach channels and, and uh, the evaluation of networking groups and things. It's and a that's good, what we do. It, you made a point earlier when you talked about coming into Only and you've given business to members. Yeah. That bit's often overlooked. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about BNI much on this podcast, but mm. we're quite open in saying, myself and Kelly, so we found it only if you're new to the podcast, but um, we both did BNI, we both got tons from it, yeah, Kelly yeah. in particular, because if you give and take, yeah, yeah. and they are very good at educating you to that, I mean, yeah. our notion with only was that we think we can get that bit but in less time, yeah, yeah. so monthly. If you particularly use online well, you can kind of join the dots. You can still communicate with people on LinkedIn and stuff. But how important is it? Because a lot of people go to networking and just go, I've turned up, I've said my piece. Where's the business? Yeah, it doesn't work. I, I think uh, as well, I think it was quite an early lesson that I realized. Um, um, I think there's two things for me. Uh, one, it's about relationships. Um, and, and another thing for the uh, when I go out as well and and speak to prospects, I've got a mantra of help not sell. So if you just talk, if you just talk to people mm-hmm. and understand what's going on, you can really get to the to the. I was going to say hope again. Also, nut. That's a different word. Another free word. That's that's that, that's the limits of my vocab. Three letter words. Um, uh, as, as to what's going on there, yeah. and then you can find out if you're the right person to help them. You know, and, and, and again, we say no to people, you know, if we're not right for them. Uh, and I'll point them in the direction of somebody that I know that, you know, can help them in the right way. Um, so, yeah, so uh, the, the help not sell. And, and, and again, just networking, just relationships. Mm. You know, you've got to follow up and have those one-to-ones. And I, I try not to sell to the room. Um, I'm very mindful that some of the best opportunities that I've had have been from people that uh, just small business owners, you know, like myself as well, um, that 
um, might not be right for me as a client, but you know, you don't know who people know. You know, it, it, we had a great one um, we've, from Only, a referral from a, a from a, an agency in, in Only that, that wanted a hand with a big brand. And, you know, we've helped that big brand and we're hoping to do further work with them now. Um, you just don't know. So, yeah, just develop those relationships. Take the time to have one-to-ones with people and get to know them as a person. You know, it doesn't need to be about business. Yeah. It's about building that trust and that confidence with people of, do I feel confident that, if I referred somebody to, to this person, are they going to treat them right, you know, with decency and, and try and help them in the right way? Yeah. yeah. And that's the important part of not forcing the issue, isn't it? Massively. Yeah, massively. Uh, um, proposition as well, because a lot yeah. of people, you say you don't necessarily sell to the room. Yeah, yeah. But if the people in the room don't understand what you do, yeah. it's not going to go past that yeah. point, is it? So, so again, for me, it's that's the education bit. You know, I tried to drop in snippets of... Just making people think. Oh right, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know it realised it worked like that. Oh, that's you know, that's a, a different thing to, for me to go away and think about. And and I I find that you know things like this, you know, education, make making me more people aware. Um, it it naturally creates the conversations, and then more work just comes from it. You strike me as someone who's also an astute listener. Really? Yeah, I think you take a lot on board, don't you? Because okay. when you said earlier, like you met with MDs and you said, yeah. tell me about running a business. Yeah. Most people go into it going, well, I'll read some books. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. You're a listener. I hate reading. <laughs> just rather talk. Yeah, yeah I, I just like people. Yeah. So, yeah, even uh, I, I, or I, I choose Audible as well. I do like, I prefer to consume stuff by listening. Yeah. But oddly, I'm not into podcasts yet. Wow. That's really odd, isn't it? There you yeah, go. I just, just talk Plenty about, to yeah. choose from. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't, a lot of people do talk and they ask advice, but they don't particularly mm. listen. Has that been an important part? Because for you, it's yeah. all about understanding. Surely the whole point of customer experience, yeah. user experience is about yeah. not what you want to present, but what's it feel like as a customer? Yeah, I think this is just something that I've picked up along the way. Um, yeah, it's not by design. I, I think just having worked client side and agency side, I think it just gave me that ability to to understand the, the different dimensions you get with those different types of businesses you know one servicing the other one you know you know arguably you could say that with uh, client side or working for in, an internal marketing team there's you know often a lot more politics there's a lot more stuff kind of going on behind the scenes but you've, you but your your, your to-do list is also stretched but you get into the detail more um and you therefore re- you are reliant on other departments and, and other people and trying to understand them and uh, trying to understand not just rationally where they're coming from but emotionally about what they're seeking and what they're trying to do. You know, it's it's, it's like a big mind game of chess sometimes. Yeah. Um, agency side as well when you're dealing with clients of just really trying to understand some some of the comms that you're getting from them what's really the driver behind that you know is it that they're just having a bad day are they you know are the pressures coming from above you know what's really going on about there um and that takes us back to the importance of research you know our research uh, 
anybody's research. Let's again, so I'm not selling. Um, you know, when you undertake research, you, you're under, trying to understand that research and buying process. You're trying to understand what triggers that search for a service, um, who and what influences that, um, and that's prevalent to what I was just saying about the who and what influences. It's because it's the same with a client. If you're an agency. You're not just servicing the marketing director, but also probably the FD is going to have a say, the CEO or MD is going to be involved. And you've got to understand what they're wanting out of the relationship. And it's the same for any B2B business. You, there's, there's certain people that are backstage that are kind of wanting something out of that supplier as well. And the research um, allows you to understand that as to the play, the role everyone plays. And once you know that, you know that you can go out with comms that speaks to actually not just the marketing director, as an example, but everybody that's in, involved in that process. Yeah. And that's why it can be so powerful. You, It's clear that you love that level of detail and kind of yeah. studying how things work and stuff. Yeah. So how do you keep, because it's hard as a business owner, yeah. isn't it, to not get bogged down with the stuff you don't like? Because yeah. let's face it, we all do. Yeah. How do you make sure you enjoy running a business um again just knowing me knowing being you know i remember doing some uh some coaching when i first set up and um a fantastic guy took us through an exercise um george chris and myself three directors of insightful of understanding your own why uh and it was about actually that you know a lot of time in business when you have a coach they're like just pressurize you to do the right things, stop the things that are bad for you, um, and just tick to do list and try and do more. It doesn't for me. It doesn't work like that. It, it, you know, we we what this coach was saying to us is we're all human. There's things that we know that are bad for us, and we know it, but we do it because we enjoy them for whatever reason. So it's all about just. Um, uh, sandpacking time to do those things or limiting them. You know, it's about balance and moderation. Um, so I guess that's what I try to do is is the certain things that um, within the role that I don't like doing as and then as the business grows and this this is the same for all of us as directors is the things that we know that we've got to do because it is within our remit still um, we, they will just get farmed out eventually to other people so I know the faster we go the quicker we grow the more I'll get to the more of the stuff that I do just enjoy yeah a hundred percent. What's the ultimate then? Where would you like to be in a few years' time? Um, well, the ambition for the business uh, within the next four years is to be at about three mil turnover. Um, we're on a run rate at the moment of about 750K uh, based on recent numbers. Um, that'll probably equate to a team of maybe 30 to 40 people. Um, we've also got some ideas for some product as well. Um, so we're, we're just reevaluating stuff because we're just starting our new financial year at the minute. Uh, so we're just evaluating that really now as the kind of the next step in terms. But as you can imagine, I've already got it forecasted out as to how we get there. Uh, it's the how bit now that's yeah. going to be the challenge. But where do you want to be? What do you see your yeah. role? Where are you happiest yeah. in that business? Um, uh, being brutally honest, probably uh, 
less, I wouldn't want to be in the business day to day. I wouldn't want to have the sales targets set on me as they are now. Um, I'd want to be not just a figurehead, but somebody that was still going out and helping nurturing conversations, that was uh, an advocate for the brand, was going out and educating and yeah. talking and, and doing this kind of stuff of, uh, you know, events, uh, podcasts or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just trying to kind of, again, even if people don't end up working with us, just just the just being able to re-educate a lot of the, uh, the marketplaces, the value of research and insights and really the value of really knowing your customer. Yeah. I, that's where I'd that's what I really like doing. the people bit. Yeah. Final thing, balance of your life. Yeah. How do you, we haven't talked much about personal. Yeah. How do you keep a balance and how important is that? Um, I think it's really important. So again, this like, this uh, coach also told me that there's no such thing as uh, a work life and a, a, a personal life. It's all just life. And you see it, if, if you're having problems at home, it impacts work. If you're having problems at work, it impacts home. It does. It's just life. It will. Um, so, again, this was uh, part of the understanding of bringing on two other directors as well, was to make sure that um, for all of us, because, again, Chris was wanting to get out of the corporate game as well, of, of making sure that if we were doing the extra hours and putting the effort in, that we were the ones being rewarded for it um and that it shouldn't take over our lives and if it is there's a problem there um we actually i well i came up with this <laughs> but i actually describe us as a tripod so there's three of us and if you remove one leg we fall over right and what we don't do we i mean we have heated arguments you know just because we're passionate you know uh as you can imagine but if there's a it it's not like Sales are sat with me, but if sales are, you know, struggling, it's not just finger pointing at me. It's like, okay, what do we need to do to rally around Lee to help him? And okay. it's, it's the same with Chris. If he's having a problem, he has to put his hand up and say, look, guys, I'm really struggling here. I need a hand. And we run to him. Nice. And, and that's how we try to run it. So, yes, you know, we're all at different life stages as well. There's kind of six years between us uh, plus in, in in one instance. Um so, you know, Chris has just had a second baby as well. So he's, he's, you know, not sleeping much. Yeah. So again, it's just, uh, so we're trying to wrap some more support around him mm. and really looking at, you know, our focus this year is process people and systems. Yes. Uh, for example. So yeah, it, it's, it's all those kind of things that helps us ultimately have that life balance so that we're not doing stupid hours all the time. You know, understandably, first couple of years, you've got to, you know, you put in the hours. Uh, but then it was about, okay, we've got a bit more resource now. Can we bring in some better expertise to help us? So and I, I, I massively believe that working with specialists. And we did do the same for our clients. If if there's a, uh, so for example, we, we freelance out PPC and SEO to people that do one thing and do it well. Yeah. You know, they really know their stuff. Yes, it hits our profit, but I know ultimately it's going to be a better result for the client. Um, you know, we have an HR consultant. Um, we have, uh, you know, bookkeeping, accountants, etc. We We outsource all of that to people that can do it much better than I can and can educate me as well so that I can have, you know, have an overview of the business instead, focus on the sales. Um, and, and that's what gives me a really good life balance. Brilliant. Sorry, that was a really long. No, answer. it's good because you're not saying, <laughs> "Oh, well, I'm rushing to get out to go and play golf because that's what I need to get." Because you've yeah, got things 
things in order. I don't order. play golf. So. Don't play golf. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and on yeah. that note, yeah. we'll wrap up. So, Lee, thanks ever so much. Second. I've loved talking to you. Yeah. This has been the only podcast. Please like and subscribe, share, and we'll see you back here next month. Thank you.